Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So I want to speak on a message uh, that I preached um, in fact so long ago. um, I actually don't have the date for this one, but I think it was around 2003. um, And it's from Daniel chapter 1, and it's called Ten Times Greater. And um, in Daniel, um, I'll just give you the introduction so we don't have to read the whole chapter. uh, But in Daniel, um, Daniel has been um, captured and taken um, to Babylon, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar um, is the um, king um, who was ruler uh, over the empire, uh, and he has been brought in. He has been picked as one of the noble young men, um, intelligent and uh, good-looking. Uh, and he, with um, three of his friends, have been taken um, to learn the ways of the Chaldeans and to uh, understand how. Uh, they live and uh, to be brought into their kind of lifestyle. Uh, they, what they were looking to do is to expand their empire and to draw um, the bright and the best from every nation and draw them in under their empire and train them in their ways that they may expand their empire. That was the, the basis of the thinking. And so Daniel, who is a man of God, first and foremost, is taken captive and he um, is being overseen by the eunuchs and um, he's being, um, he has a period of about three years where he has to enter into the uh, university, as it were, where he has to eat the food and, and uh, drink what they're drinking and eat what they're eating and, and read uh, whatever it is they're, they're teaching. And, and so we pick it up in verse 11. And Daniel, um, before I get to that, Daniel has just told the eunuch that he doesn't want to eat the food that the king eats because it's food which is dedicated to their gods. And Daniel has drawn a line in the sand and said, yeah, I'm not doing that. And so in verse, uh, Daniel 1 verse 11, it says this. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. I want to know what vegetables he ate, right? <laughs> Because I've done a vegetable diet for 90 days and I was skinny. (laughs) You all know, don't you? (laughs) As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, 
them, he found them ten times greater than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. An extraordinary account where Daniel and his friends are brought before the king and discovered to be, and it's quite an exact figure, ten times greater. And what that really means is there is no measurement between the wisdom of the other men and the wisdom of Daniel and the, the wisdom of Daniel and his friends. That they, that there was no, you can't consider, I mean, you can't say, it's how many, you know, you meet someone with an IQ of 150, how can you say, are they, how many times more intelligent are you, they than you? It's like, you can't really measure it. So 10 times is a, is a figure given to say there is no comparison between their understanding uh, and wisdom and the understanding and wisdom of Daniel and his friends. And so when we read this verse, one of the things that I was, I was brought up with, the ten times greater. We used to sing a song, ten times greater. I don't know how many of you would remember that. But it was a, there was a song we used to sing, ten times greater. That's all it was, actually. Um, it just used to sing, ten times greater. And, uh, and we'd stomp around, and we would, we would stomp around singing, we're going to be ten times greater. Uh, we didn't really know what it meant, but there was this sense that, there was this sense that, that we can be something greater than we are now. And one of the things that inspires the faith of believers is the fact that there are these clues within the Bible, these, these snippets that, that, in, that reveal to us that, that there's something far more powerful than just the knowledge that we have at the moment. That if we can unlock this mystery, we can step into a life that is way more powerful. Yeah. And so the Bible opens up, it gives you these, these little clues. It tells you these amazing stories of men and women of faith. And, and then it journeys along. And, 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 you've, and, and then it will say something like this. And Daniel was ten times greater. And suddenly you're like, everyone's like, really? Well, what about me? I want to be ten times greater too. <laughs> suddenly your faith starts hooking in and saying, what did Daniel know? How did Daniel get 10 times greater? Maybe it was the diet. Maybe it was the, diet. Maybe it was the vegetables. There must have been something in those vegetables. I don't, <laughs> it definitely wasn't a cabbage diet. I've tried that. It's not good. You know, <laughs> there, must have been, there must have been something in the food. Maybe, but you see, Daniel, he walked in the ways of God and he discovered that there is a way to fulfill the call and the dreams within his heart. Now you have to understand, Daniel and his, his friends were noble, young noble men being prepared and trained for rulership of the nation of Israel. When suddenly they're overwhelmed by the huge empire uh, of the Babylonians and they're taken captive and taken into uh, a nation where they are now subservient to the rule and the reign of perhaps the most powerful king that ever lived upon the face of the earth. Nebuchadnezzar was a tyrant, uh, a man who made the tyrants of today look like children. He was quite happy to put people into ovens and to cook them slowly. He was quite happy to kill people at a whim. His word was law. And here they've been brought in 
to in his university and they're going to be interviewed by the man who's happy to cook people slowly. <laughs> you can imagine the environment upon which they've been brought into. But suddenly they discover something of the nature for who they were, what they were born to do. And you know, within our hearts, every single one of us desires to do something great for God. We desire within our heart that we may stretch beyond the normality of our existence and do something significant in the kingdom of God. It's something, it's an itch within every Christian that we have within our heart that we just got to get that itch and scratch that itch. I've got to do something significant because the word is more significant than my current experience. And so, and so it is as we look at the dreams of our heart. And you know, as I posted on Facebook yesterday, you know, young men dream dreams of doing great things. And I, I remember in my 20s, there was no limitation to my dream. Because when you're 20, you haven't suffered any, enough failure to put failures in your dream. <laughs> But then as you get older, you start trying to action your dream. Then you hit the first, and then you hit the second. And as you go on in life, you hit quite a few problems along the way. And they teach you to, teach you to sort of hold yourself back. They can, they can actually make you or break you. Yeah. This, this is the fact. Most often they break us because we don't know how to get them to make us. And what happens is that we don't understand how we can walk in our dreams again. And what happens when you get older is you stop dreaming. The Bible says in Acts 2, it says that young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. See, the reason for that is that, that young men need to see, young men dream. They need to have vision. Vision gives them clarity of future. But old men have, have clarity. What they need is dream. Because the dream gets taken out of you through the experience of life. And so what happens is that here is Daniel. And Daniel has dreams. But his desire to serve the kingdom of God. And he would have had dreams for rulership and to, to be a significant ruler, a man of God within his nation. But now everything has changed. The circumstances for which he had planned his life no longer exist. The rules no longer apply. How do you live your life? How do you, how do you reapply yourself to, to walk in the dreams of the call of God when everything has been robbed from you? Everything has been taken away from you. And the first thing we see here is that the reality is that Daniel gave himself to the learning that was given to him. Now this is really important because what happens is that it says of Daniel, in fact, let me read Daniel 1 verse 4. It says, they were young men in whom there was no blemish, good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand. I think they're talking about me, sure had the ability to serve in the king's palace. No, it couldn't have been. Uh, <laughs> and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Now, what that meant was that Daniel was now to be taught the 
language and the literature. The literature means the history, the folklore, the religion, the belief system, the culture, the attitude of a pagan world. That's what he's giving himself to. And that's what he gave himself to. Now we have to understand this. See, see, in a Christian world, we find ourselves often... I've met people who say, I only read the Bible. Well, if you only read the Bible, you are lacking, you are gaining knowledge in God and lacking any knowledge in how to apply it. Because you must know the ways of men and the ways of God to have a move of God. You must know how people... And Daniel gave himself to learning. He gave himself to literature, to the understanding, to the folklore and the stories that were being written and being said. You know, uh, this, is, this is something... I, I don't get time to read many novels. I have two, lots of, two types of books that I like to read. One being um, business. I like going in the business area of an airport... Um, not all airports have them, but Aberdeen does because it has a lot of business people flying through. And I, looked at, I like looking at the management skill books and the books that assess personality and, and how you work. I like reading that stuff because you learn a lot about how people think and how they manage and how they lead. Um, and, and in the secular world, particularly in the, in the um, oil industry, they put a huge amount of effort into leadership and to understanding how structure and leadership works. And, and uh, anybody who's got any brain will apply themselves to that kind of knowledge or understanding. And if they don't apply themselves to that kind of understanding, they've decided, well, I don't know, they not obviously want to know it. But, but when you're in leadership and management, you, what you need to do is understand how to lead. Amen? And so I like reading that stuff. The other stuff I like to read is novels. Any novels? I like to read. I like to read. And uh, to be honest with you, um, I don't. I I, I enjoy a, the um, trashy type of novel that where people die lots, and and just sort of shoot me out. This sort of American sort of spy kind of born identity. That kind of. I like reading those. But I really like reading the the award winning books. Um, uh, the books that have won some kind of awards, and, and they're always quirky because the, the award-winning books will tell a fascinating story with a rubbish ending. <laughs> Every award-winning book I've ever read has got a rubbish ending because they don't know how to finish the story because it's artistic. And so, and so they, they write these stories, but you know, and you, and you, you're, you're, what on earth are you talking about? Why are you even talking about this? What I'm talking about is the fact that I have learned an amazing amount of the way society think by the stories they write. You see, see, if you want to understand people, then understand the way they think, then have a look at their fiction, because their fiction would become their facts. Because people apply themselves to the storytelling. And what happens with storytelling, it becomes a prophetic essence of what happening, what's happening over a nation. And what happens is you, you can see that people, what happens is you read it in storage, you read it in storage, you read it in storage, and then you see it in society, and you see it in society. And so people will say, well, we're, we're talking about, but once someone starts writing a story, they have no boundaries as to where they can take their imagination. And so they take what's going on in society, and they stretch it again, and they stretch it again. And what is important is that we understand 
the way society works. Daniel gave himself to understanding. He gave himself to, to knowledge of the things that were going on in this world. It says in Acts 7.22, And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and deeds. Moses was learned of all the Egyptians. He knew Egyptian stuff. And I I want you to know that that if you've ever studied anything of history, the Egyptians were into some freaky witchcraft. (laughs) They were into some freaky stuff. I mean, mind-blowing. Moses read and understood. Now, what am I saying? I... Don't go reading that stuff, please. (laughs) I don't want you applying yourself to things you're not ready to learn. But, But Moses understood it and he became mighty in God. Why? Because he gave himself to know the pathway and the thoughts of what is going on in the world. It also means it gives you an understanding of how the enemy is working in society. If you want to understand this world, see, see, Daniel became ten times greater. Well, you know what? This is a fact. Overnight success comes from many years of preparation. If you want to know the secrets and the mysteries of how to move in the ways of God, then Daniel had to do this by applying himself. He had already been soaked in the Word of God. He would already been prepared from childhood to know Scripture and to know the Word. But then he had to go into the university of life and to study the ways of the world and all their pagan practices. To, be, to see, to be horrified, to, to know, but to understand and to apply his intellect to a lifestyle and understand how the world is working. And I want to say to you, if you want to be mighty in God, then give yourself to learning, and not just any learning, the learning that goes on in this world. Many people want to give themselves to... I, sure, one of the most important things is that we raise our kids in the ways of God. We raise them in the Word of God and we train them until they're strong enough. But there comes a point when we must all learn the ways of this world. One of the things that one, you must ask yourself, one of many things that many people say to me and Cheryl, we're going to actually go into a conference next week. Um, it's, um, it's been an unusual year and the fact that we've been having to come and go, come and go. We've had weddings in various places and, um, and, and, and now we've got this conference which was booked last year in fact um, and we, a conference and many people say oh you're going to a conference again yeah it's called learning <laughs> I, I'm telling you I, I couldn't do this job unless I had the ability to access knowledge and information and access people who know more, people who've read, people who've discerned, people who've walked in the ways of God, who, who understand the whole process of not just scripture, but the way of the world that I may learn from it. It's that you, you never stop learning. If you want to be greater in God, you've got to apply yourself to learning. Apply yourself, and learning comes through every form of reading. When I pick up a newspaper, I, when I pick up a newspaper, I, I read all the headlines, and then I flip back, and then I start again, and I read all the details, and I, I go, and I work my way through. Why? I want to know what people are saying. You've got to understand that Daniel applied himself to learning, 
to become greater. And I, I want you to understand that, you see, and this is critical particularly for those who've lost your dreams. When, when you lose your dreams, the way to re-inspire your dream is to re-inspire your intellect. Because your intellect has taken a hammering. Your intellect has taken a hammering because what happens with your intellect is when you've suffered from rejection, when you've suffered from disappointment, your mind has gone, I don't get that. I don't understand. Who's with me here? And when you don't understand, you pull back and you go, I don't even want to go there anymore. I don't want to do that now. You understand that? And so what happens is this, that you shut your mind off to learning because of a hurt, because of a disappointment, because of a sorrow of something that has happened in your life, in your world. So what happens is this, that if you want to re-inspire your dream, you have to re-inspire your intellect. Maybe so, inspire my heart. No, your heart is held in Christ. What you have to do is re-inspire your mind. The Bible says in Romans 12, that in 12, um, that you have to renew the mind. Not renew the heart, you renew the mind. The mind must be renewed. You re-inspire your intellect. You re-inspire. You start to learn again. You start to inspire yourself. You Use whatever means that you can get a hold of. Get music playing in your ears. Get, get your, your mind, challenge your mind to think again. And you will begin to re-inspire the cognitive process that is required that a dream may begin to be reborn within your heart. Who's being inspired this morning? The second thing that Daniel, <coughs> Daniel did was he remained true to his calling. Now, I was raised in a separatist style of church life. We, um, the, what happened is that um, we were... My actual father, he was raised in, in something um, that was called Gospel Standard. They don't, I don't, I've never heard of it existing uh, up here. I certainly don't even remember it existing when I was a child growing up. My father was raised in this, this particular church realm called gospel standard he wasn't allowed to have friends who weren't in the gospel standard church and because there weren't any kids in it he didn't have any friends and uh, but he had lots of brothers and sisters and and uh, he he had friends but he had to play with them secretly and uh, so <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so um they and they they didn't sing with uh, musical instruments they just sang with tuning forks and away they would go and, and my, father, my father would have a collection of hymn books. Um, and uh, these, were, his, these hymn books were given to him as birthday presents when he was a child. Yeah, great, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> what a great life. But the amazing thing was, right? The amazing thing was that my father could... He was an extremely quiet man and, and um, he was the type of man that he, he, he would hear a joke, he would think about it for 20 years or so before he told it to someone. And, <laughs> and he would, but I remember, I remember as, as a young man being in a prayer meeting and my father stood up and he just recited a hymn. I've never heard the hymn before. And the hymn had sat in, sat in him since he was a child. He just, and they were beautiful words. Now, he was raised because he was raised in this lifestyle, the Word of God actually never left him. You can see a problem with the way he was raised, but nevertheless, it produced a man that was true to God all his days. 
Okay, And so you can understand that the church has created this kind of separatist sort of lifestyle. And, and in some area, I was raised in not extreme like that, but still there was like, yeah, well, we're Christians. And so we, we moved in Christian circles. And because we moved in Christian circles, we didn't really get or understand world thinking. We didn't go to the pub. We didn't buy alcohol. We didn't... Um, we, we didn't, really, we didn't even think about that stuff. It wasn't, we didn't have an opinion either way. We didn't do fashion. I can assure you we didn't do fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, did, we did second-hand clothes, I can tell you that. And, and uh, we, we did all of those things, and, and we just lived in that world. And because we lived in that world... We, we grew up in the things of God. But the, what happened has happened to the church in the, in the 20th century. What happened to it is that it lost its voice because it was no longer relevant. People, the, the world didn't understand the church because the church wasn't in their world. The church disappeared down some weird alley and, and having secret meetings and meetings which no one understood and no one wanted to go to. And there they are praying for the souls to be saved, but the souls are so far away from them they can't even hear their prayers. And you know what happens is that, that see, Daniel was in the midst of a secular place. But in the midst of it, because of the way he was raised, he was able to bring truth in a secular world. And so we have to understand that that we must raise our kids in the ways of God, but we must live in the world, but not a part of it. We must understand because the world have to, have to, uh, have to connect to us. One of the, the great problems with, with, with society is because the church disappeared, so the values that were laying in society begin to disappear from society because they don't get those values anymore either. And what happened, this nation, its law system was built around godly men and women who lived a life so amazing that the society said, you know what, I think we should put that lifestyle into law. But then the church disappeared and society went, yeah, I don't get that law anymore. Does that begin to make sense to you? You see, Christians have spent their time opposing the world. What they should be doing is showing the world how awesome a lifestyle in God really is. Instead of saying you are wrong, start saying this is good. Instead of saying you shouldn't be doing that, start saying have a look at what we do because this produces fantastic results. See, Daniel didn't live in a place of judgment. He didn't. And in fact, when he came to that point when he was given food that he didn't want to eat, he didn't say, I don't want your filthy food. It's, it's, it's godless. I was born for greater things than this. My, my God is, is awesome. He's going to burn and roast you. You're going to hell. This is, what, this is how Daniel negotiated his lifestyle in a place where he was the minority, where his, where his belief system was, was so unknown that it was insignificant, that it had no value to the people that were around him. They held no godly values whatsoever. 
And so Daniel has got to negotiate with, with people in that secular world. He's got to negotiate it and work out how this works. And so what does he do? He doesn't condemn the king's food or describe as how I don't want to eat your godless, your, your, your food which has been offered to idols. I don't, I want to. He says, let me eat my food and let's just see. If it works for 10 days and we, we look better, then, then that's good. But, and if it doesn't, we'll just eat the king's food after. See, Daniel knew that what he had was good enough to carry him through and to carry him into a place where he could live in that environment but remain true to his calling in God. And so you see, we have to learn how to not condemn and not judge but renegotiate and say, look, I don't know the way, I don't even know why you live that life but I, I, I want to live like this and, and let's just see what result it will bring. You know, if we can show the benefit of what it means to walk and live in God, then the world will surely want to take a hold of it. Did you know that anywhere in the world, people who go to church all their life live on average seven years longer than anybody else? Church. Yeah, get on you, Jim. You get an extra seven years. I don't know when it starts from, but oh yeah. <laughs> An average of seven years longer, that is no reflection. That's just people who go to church. How does that work? Because their lifestyle is an environment that gives them health. See, I want you to understand that, that for us to walk in our dreams, we have to walk in our dreams in the world and in the world they don't get it but in the world we can negotiate around the world and help them to see and understand that we have something that is so wonderful that if they could just let us live it they could see the benefit of what it could do for them and so what we're doing is we're not judging the world for the way they live but we're here to show them something better and then it says in Daniel 1 verse 17 it says this and as for these four young men God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams see in fact in verse 20 let me read verse 20 it says in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them he found them ten times greater you see when you put God to the head of your life in your natural world you begin to increase because God adds to your faith God adds to your devotion you see what Daniel did with refusing the food it wasn't about food in fact if you read the Bible about food food there's all sorts of inconsistencies about food eating food in the Bible there's kind of, there, there are times where you, you shouldn't eat this and you shouldn't eat that. If you eat that, you become defiled. And then David and his guys, they run into the temple and eat the bread and that's fine. Other people go and eat the bread, they die. <laughs> how does that all work? I don't know. But this is how it works, right? See, it's not really about the food. It's about 
a fast before God. It's about making God Lord of your life. See, see, the food was the critical point. They could learn all that stuff. They could understand what they're doing. But by eating the food, they would be giving honor to a God that they didn't serve. And they were determined to make sure that their God was the God over their life. And they lifted him high. And this is what happens when you lift God high over your life. There comes an empowerment. There comes a creativity. There comes imagination. There comes the ability to bring forth wisdom that was lacking before. And I want you to understand, see, Daniel applied himself to making God number one in his life. It says, and I'll finish with this, it says in 2 Timothy 1.13, it says, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me, in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. See, see, when God has, God has put something in your heart, hold fast to the pattern of sound teaching. You keep that within your life, you will have the empowerment to live great in every situation. Many, most of you are working in very secular world with secular people with, with some curious attitudes <laughs> and opinions and thoughts. And lifestyles that are just like, they go, wow. (laughs) And, you know, that's just the world. Hold fast to the pattern that has been laid upon your life. And when you do that, you connect your heart to the kingdom of God. And your mind begins to realize that God has made you greater. He's made you more more. He's given you more than this. He has begun to increase that which is in your heart and give you understanding and wisdom. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.